Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Support independent Mi'kmaq media. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Or if you prefer, you can send us an email transfer at mi'kmaq.matters at gmail.com. Moderate livelihood. 20 years ago, in the Donald Marshall case, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled that Mi'kmaq have a right to earn a living from the fishery independent of the commercial fishery. The court relied on the Peace and Friendship Treaties in making that ruling. The right does not extend to an open-ended accumulation of wealth, the court said, adding that it could be regulated by the federal government. Mi'kmaq are still waiting for the feds to act on the court's direction. Tired of living in poverty, some Mi'kmaq have gone fishing anyway, only to find their boats and equipment sabotaged. The latest such incident occurred over the holidays. Seki Bernard Sr. of Eskasoni had just taken possession of his boat and was ready to catch lobster. He had docked at St. Peter's Canal about an hour's drive away. Then one night he got word that the boat had sunk. He later discovered that someone had drilled holes in the hull. I spoke with Seki Bernard Sr. about the incident and about the Mi'kmaq right to earn a moderate livelihood. Me and my nephew Ashton, right, uh, we're uh, both co-captains of the boat. I'm the mechanic, and it's a 34-foot uh, lobster boat, uh, 11 feet wide. And there was only me and Ashton and two other deckhands. I see. And uh, did you have you did you just get that boat recently, or have you had it for a while? Uh, we just got that boat like a week before it was sank. Oh, I see. So that's a that's a major purchase. That's um... yeah. Actually, this boat was uh, kind of like loaned to us ah, yes. in order for us to uh, earn it. Mm-hmm. And so, and tell us what happened um, over the holidays. There, you were you were docked, and then. You found out that something had, uh, had happened to your boat. Uh, tell us what happened. Me and Ashton were planning on fishing uh, a few months back, and he bought, he purchased the boat and everything, and we were having some engine problems with that boat. So, and in December, we got we got a, we got contacted, and um, like we want to use this boat and like work to pay it off and all that stuff. So. We went down to pick it up. We brought it back to Cape Breton, and we just took our gear out, dumped it out, and didn't even get to haul up any of our gear. And Boxing Day, Ashton calls me up and tells me, uh, the boat sank. And I didn't want to believe him at first. Like, we got ready. We took off 7 in the morning from Estesoni. We took uh down to St. Peter. And how far is St. Peter's from Eskasoni? It's about an hour drive, an hour 15 minute drive. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, we, uh, sure enough, we saw the boat underwater. 
Only mm. the top of the wheelhouse was sticking out in a, just a little bit of the bow because there must have been an air pocket holding the boat up still. And, um, and of course you contacted the, uh, the police and, uh, what, what have the police uh, said about it? Well, we contacted the police. We contacted the, uh, postcards, uh, and the cranes and like everything to get the boat out of the water and the police do their investigation. So we got the boat out of the water and we heard like, uh, we heard there was, uh, they heard gunshots the night before in the area. So when the boat was brought up and we, we found four holes in the, in the hall underneath the hatch on the deck and we assumed that uh, it was shot with with a gun, and but with further analysis and uh, inspections, uh, we noticed that it was drilled into instead of uh, being shot at. So someone went through some trouble then to uh, to sink the boat. They, I guess, they must have had a drill and actually drilled holes in the hull. Yes, they drilled holes in the hull. They untied the main lines on the stern and uh, bow, and they cut the bumper buoys off that. Um, protect the boat from uh, hitting the wharf. Did you refloat the boat, or what What shape is the boat in now? Uh, the boat right now, everything was barely damaged. All the electrical was damaged. Um, I took all the electrical off. I took the electrical panel off. I replaced it with a new one, put new batteries in. I... Uh, took all the water out of the engine, the tranny, and the hydraulic system, and the cooling system for the engine. I took everything, all the liquids out of the uh, boat. And I still got to patch the hole. And uh, I still got to put a new starter and alternator on. And hope she fires up. And I hope these uh, electronics. The plotter, the radar, and the GPS still work too, but that that was underwater. I had to take those apart, rinse them in fresh water, and soak them in rice for a few days. And uh, so it'll be some time uh, before you can uh, get on the water, I guess. Uh, you're still in the process of uh, of repair. Yeah, I like when we first brought it out. I was like expecting to have it back in within a week, but. The further I get into the boat and more work I do on it, I find more problems, more electrical problems that I have to fix before I let the boat even go back into the water. Because I don't want the boat catching on fire of uh, of any bad electrical wiring or electronics on the boat. My safety and my crew safety is like crucial. Like I don't want to risk anyone's lives as much as I don't want to risk mine. Yes. So let's talk about the uh, the fishery in, in that area in general. So you have you been involved? Uh, you've been involved in the lobster fishery um, before this, before you got this boat. I used to lobster when I was like real younger, but when I was working for the band, I was uh, mostly doing uh, groundfish uh, communal life down Pubnico, and I was fishing down there for years. And, and how does that yeah. communal license uh, work? So that's a license that's owned by the band. 
Yeah, it's owned by the band. The band owned both. The band owned quota. Band owned license. Uh, like band takes who goes out and what, and it's very limited on who goes out. In terms of the number of people who can, um, the number of people who can work on the boat or who gets who gets chosen. I guess the band chooses who goes out. So. Uh, some people might want to go out, but don't get to go out. Yeah, like there's a lot of people uh, certified to work on a boat, but only a handful of people only get fish every year. Mm. And so you you decided to get into the lobster fishery with this boat, and um, and to fish uh, in the as we call it the moderate livelihood uh, fishery. So what was your what was your thinking there that you could um, um, fish more often or make more money or why did you decide to make the move? I just started wanting to fish modern livelihood because I like fishing and I haven't been able to fish with the band for the past few years now. Like I said, the employment is limit, limited with uh, band members and the thing is, like, I'm from another I live in Estonia, but my band, I'm a band member in Wamakuk, and when I moved back to Estonia, they stopped putting me on the boat. I'm, like, not part of their employment anymore, so. And past few years, I couldn't really been able to find any real work, and so I decided to go moderate livelihood. We've seen the news stories um, from Nova Scotia about um, the non- Mi'kmaq, uh, some of the non-Mi'kmaq fishermen and what they have to say about um, moderate livelihood and the, uh, the disputes there have been. Um, and has there been that kind of um, pushback from non-Mi'kmaq people in your area? Uh, yeah, like non-native, non-native fishermen think we're poachers and think and we're overfishing and we're going to trample on their livelihood. They tend to destroy either try and destroy the boat or tamper with the gear, cut the gear, make sure we lose our gear. Like They're always doing stuff with our gear. So not a lot of natives want to pursue a moderate livelihood because of that. Natives are scared to pursue a modern livelihood right now because they don't want to spend, they don't want to pour, invest money into it and lose it all, having their boat sink or burnt down or having their gears tampered with, cut or, you know, because nothing's free, right? Like, mm. the boat ain't free, the gear ain't free, bait ain't free, fuel ain't free, like, we have to pay for all that. And in order to pursue modern livelihood, we have to catch and sell lobs in order to just to catch and sell it and make a little profit off of it mm. just for a living so we can pay bills and have a good, have a life instead of relying on social assistance. Yes. And uh, so at this, uh, the commercial fishery uh, was not open at this time, as I understand from the news reports, uh, before the holidays, uh, when when this incident with your boat took place, 
Is that correct? With moderate livelihood, there is no season. Right. That's the thing. But with non-native uh, licenses, the uh, season was closed, yes. I see on Facebook some someone said to you that um, you know if you just if you just fish during the uh, commercial season, um, you know you wouldn't have that uh, many problems with your with your boat. And what would you say to that person who made that comment? I just told him uh, if the DFOs are setting regulations, rules and regulations for moderate livelihood, we'll follow it. But for now, we would fish whenever we want to fish. But we're not out there to try and trample on their livelihood, but we're out there just trying to make a little living for ourselves. This time of year is not, uh, the lobsters aren't spawning at this time of year, so I guess there's not that issue for you. There's not even that many lobsters at this time of year. They go deeper water, and with our small boat, we can't go that far out. It's a, it's an inshore boat, and, and this time of year, a lot of the lobsters go offshore. Mm. And where would you, uh, if you had been able to uh, to catch the lobster, where would you sell them? Or were there commercial buyers available at the time, or would you sell them uh, yourself directly? We sell them directly. I guess at that time of year, Christmas, people would want to, you know, have some lobster for uh, yeah, and supper. We were gonna we were gonna donate a portion of the, to the community as well because we were we were fishing the Food fishery line tags as well. Mm-hmm. Those start to donate to the community. We we had moderate livelihood traps and food fishery traps, and we were going to donate the lobster to the community with the food fishery tags. How many uh, are you well, allowed to catch uh, for the for the um, food fishery? In Estonia, they were given like two tags per person. I see. I think you're allowed up to five tags. If you like want to fish a uh, food fishery tag, and that you can sell food fishery tag um, lobster for uh, some community ceremonial purposes only. So, what's your plan now? You're still uh, you're still working on the repairs, and um, so when do you think you can be uh, on the water again? I think when the season opens up and go with the lobster tag. So you'll be. Uh, You'll be on land for a couple of months uh, before you can get out on the water. Yeah, for a month at least, a little over a month. What uh, reaction have you got in Escazoni? Have people been um, uh, supportive, or, or what? Uh, what was the reaction after this thing happened during uh, during the holidays? Well, when we were posting it on Facebook, I had a lot of natives angry and a lot of non-native saying that it was our fault and like kind of kind of like the war almost started and I was just trying to make a point like we're not trying to trample non-natives and their livelihood and I'm not like trying to start a war with natives and non-natives so I was trying to be a peacekeeper and also make aware of what's going on like and I want I want DFO to realize that they should step up and actually start doing something about moderate livelihood as the Supreme Court allowed it 20 years ago with the Donald Marshall. Uh, and you mentioned that um, 
some of the uh, people in Eskasonia also uh, uh, were critical. Uh, and what what was their what was their issue? People in Eskasoni. Well, there's some there's some guys in Eskasoni. They bought they bought boats as well, and they want to start moderate livelihood. But right now, they're scared to put their boats in the water. They're scared to get their boats sink because. A couple months ago, back in October, a member two boat was burned down in Sydney Harbor. And then our boat got sank uh, in St. Peter's, that's the canal. So, yes, Tony fishermen don't want to risk their boats and getting their boats sank or burned down right now. They don't even want to mention they're going to start a moderate livelihood right now until everything's all settled with. So, they, they the Eskasoni, um Fishers were uh, were uh, blaming you for um, bringing the moderate livelihood to fishery to the attention of the non-native uh, fishers, I guess. Yeah, like it wasn't really that talked about in Cape Breton until Ashton started uh, talking about it, and me and Ashton got together, and both of us are like, you know being loud with the modern livelihood. We want to get noticed with the DFO. We want to put that forward with the Marshall decision. It has been 20 years, so you would think they would uh, have time now to come up with the regulations. Yeah, like, my people, like, us natives, we're tired of waiting for the DFO to set the guidelines and whatnot for modern livelihood. It's like they're trying to push, put it up on a shelf and forget about it and keep uh, feeding us with little communal licenses uh, to be limited with, uh, with us natives. Plan to get moderate livelihood going, get our boat going, and hopefully inspire more natives to get into moderate livelihood in order to help more natives start working and help our reserves get out of poverty. I want to see my people do better than what they're doing right now. A lot of First Nations people are living in poverty, high percentages of poverty. I don't like seeing that amongst my people. It saddens me, and I just think my people can do better than just... Seki Bernard Sr. speaking from Eskasoni. So far, no charges in the sinking of the boat. Before we go, a reminder that the next meeting of Halibu Council is this Saturday, January 25th, in the Community Room, 1 Church Street in Cornerbrook, starting at 10 a.m. Members planning to attend should contact Tina Diamond at 6345111 or email council at halibu.ca with your full name and band registration number. That's it for the program. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Thanks to our radio partners, Bay of Islands Radio, Voice of Bombay, CHMR, and Miobigay, First Nation Radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.